Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.03 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. If you are uh, going out for the parade or your local pub crawl or whatever you're doing, uh, please have a great time, but please enjoy responsibly and, you know, have a DD or just have the Uber app or whatever ride-sharing app on your phone. So you can uh, get home safely and keep the streets safe. But uh, have a great St. Patrick's Day. Uh, always a great holiday to celebrate here in Western New York. I am in the spirit. I have my Chicago Shamrocks lacrosse jersey <laughs> this morning. The uh, former NLL team, the Chicago Shamrocks, which folded after a couple of years. And uh, got a great deal on eBay for this thing, like 20 bucks. So I thought it would be fitting to wear it uh, for St. Patrick's Day. And not only is it St. Patrick's Day weekend, but it's a busy sports and racing weekend. Lots going on. I mean, obviously the major sports, uh, you got all the college basketball going on, UB. Fantastic job by them down in Cleveland, both the men and the women winning the MAC championship. You got St. Bonaventure going today for the A-10 championship. Uh, you've got all the other you know conferences wrapping up this weekend. And then the brackets coming out tonight. Uh, NFL free agency. The the Sabers are playing hockey supposedly. Uh, they're in action today at five o'clock. Uh, the Bandits won in overtime. Chase Frazier another overtime winning goal for them. So you got all that going on in pro in you know sports, uh, and then of course racing. There's a lot this weekend too, and it's it's a great weekend for race fans if you're a fan of all time. Types of motorsports. I mean, uh, just lots going on this weekend. You have, of course, NASCAR is in California this weekend. They are have the Cup race today, and then the Xfinity race was yesterday that uh, Cole Custer picked up the win. Uh, today's Auto Club 400 at the Auto Club Speedway in Fontana. Uh, Austin Dillon on the poll. We'll talk more about that in a second, and we'll talk even more about it with Dustin Long at quarter past the hour. Uh, so you got NASCAR in California. You had the start to the F1 season, which was very early this morning here in the United States, the, just after 1 a.m. this morning. That went down in Australia, the start of the F1 season. I caught the first half of the race. Uh, I was still a little wired after the Bandits win, so I was up you know, for the, about the first half of the F1 race, but couldn't make it to the end uh, early this morning. And uh, that was just Cool to have that back on and uh, just uh, incredible broadcast uh, that they do on ESPN. See so of that. Uh, NHRA is in Gainesville, Florida this weekend for the Gator Nationals, the 50th edition of the Gator Nationals. A sold-out crowd they had down there in Gainesville, Florida yesterday. Eliminations get going there today. 
Um, you've got, and then you've, and you know, the tw- also in Florida, the 12 hours of Sebring, one of the biggest uh, sports car races of the year. Uh, that went down yesterday in Florida as well, too. That got wrapped up uh, very late last night as well. So lots of racing, lots of sports racing going on this weekend. But when it comes to racing, I'd love to know what was, what have you tuned into or what are you tuning into later today? If you're more NASCAR and NHRA, if you're tuning in later today, uh, what what has caught your attention this weekend? Uh, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. Please uh, call in uh, any type of racing you will watch this weekend. What have you been into? Uh, or you can send us a tweet to at FastTrack550 and Facebook.com slash WGR FastTrack. I also should have mentioned, too, you also had yesterday afternoon, if you watched online, you had the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. They kicked off their season yesterday at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That was on uh, Fans Choice TV streaming online. Uh, if you're a subscriber to Dirt Vision 2, you had the World of Outlaws yesterday. Uh, some wild racing over in Chico, California at the uh, famed Silver Dollar Speedway. They had a wild uh, last chance qualifier there for the Outlaws. And then the uh, and then I think it was Logan Schuhart picked up the win in the Amy in there. So on top of all the big uh, international national racing, you had some great short track short track stuff too yesterday to watch uh, with the the modifieds, which was a, a free to watch online. That's if you haven't been paying attention, all the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour races will be streamed online for free. Uh, courtesy of Fans' Choice, and then the Outlaws, too. So lots of racing this weekend. So what have you been watching? Uh, what are you looking forward to today to watching? Because there's a lot uh, of great motorsports this weekend, and we're going to talk some more about it. Uh, starting with uh, NASCAR and uh, Out West at California this weekend. And uh, I don't know, the the terrible qualifying on Friday, the, uh, the failed uh, group qualifying uh, for the the Spring Cup, uh, Spring Cup, oh boy, dollar in the jar for me. The Monster Energy Cup Series on Friday. Uh, of course, they had the usual group qualifying format, and what it's been so far this year with the new Aero package, uh, group qualifying has been instead of everybody just trying to get clean air for a good single car run it's everybody go out at the same time try and get some kind of a draft and hopefully you find the right place in the draft to get the most speed and so you've got everybody waiting on pit road to the last possible second to go out there onto the racetrack and they wait literally they sit there they they start you know they start the session and they wait and they wait and they wait and they wait till like there's a minute to go so they get out on the track get up to speed so they can take a lap before the time runs out and then hopefully they have they were the fastest car to get the pull well that backfired on the final 12 cars that were in the final round of qualifying on friday when you had the the top 12 all sit on pit, pit road to the last possible second they go out and not a single car got back to the start finish line in time to record a lap so they had to fall back on, on round two speed, and that's how Austin Dillon won, won the poll for today's race. But it's just ridiculous. I, I, some people find it funny. Uh, I just sit there and you know put my hands over my face like, you got to be kidding me. And it's, and it's not the first time we've seen it happen. It's happened already a couple times this year. Ever since this format has started, you, you, especially when it first came out of the box, you'd, you'd see this as well too. And I just think it looks ridiculous when they just sit on pit road like this. And it's really embarrassing. And it's another case. And we I've talked about this lots of times over the last couple of years. But whenever NASCAR tries something new, the teams and crew chiefs kind of ruin it <laughs> because they, you know, NASCAR tries to come up with stuff 
to be entertaining, you know, and generate good ratings and make stuff interesting for the fans watching at the track and on TV. And I get it. And some people may groan when when NASCAR gimmicks up stuff to make it more entertaining. But, you know, sometimes we just need that. And then you look at the crew chiefs and the teams and the engineers and they're looking at it like, well, how can I manipulate whatever this is, this rule or this process? How can I manipulate it so I can make our car that much faster than the competition, which I don't blame them. That is their job. Obviously, you want to be the fastest car. But then you you get those two thoughts to clash, and you get what we get on Friday, where you've got NASCAR trying to put on an entertaining product, and you've got teams trying to manipulate manipulate the system uh, to to make their car the fastest or win the pole. You know, so they have the best spot, at, at, best chance of picking the best pit box on pit row, and they start up front on Sunday. You get those two mindsets clash, and you get terrible stuff in the end. And uh, it, so I blame, you know, I, a lot of people want to blame NASCAR for this, but it's really, I blame the teams. And again, it's, I don't, I get why they do it, but it's still just embarrassing to sit that have them sit there on pit road like this. Um, but it's obviously there's going to be changes. NASCAR came out immediately afterwards and said that next, uh, there won't be changes really next weekend for Martinsville, but when the series goes to Texas in a couple of weeks, the next mile and a half track, uh, there will be some rules tweaking to the qualifying format to kind of avoid this because it was it's already getting ridiculous this season after the first uh, three four races of the year here. Uh, not so much at Daytona, obviously, but the, you know these the race at um, Atlanta and then uh, the Vegas and Phoenix races and then this weekend at Fontana. So first five, uh, four races, this is the fifth race of the season. Uh, just embarrassing, and I, I was, I'm glad that there will be some changes, and hopefully uh, it'll make it look uh, a little bit better where they're not just sitting on pit road. Whether it's shorten the rounds or make it so guys can't come out of the pit stall but sit there at the end of pit road, whatever they got to do, um, or go back to single car runs. I don't know what, what, the, what the change is going to be, but they'll, they'll think of something, I guess. Uh, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. Again, uh, anything going on in the world of motorsports, as I said, as I said off right at the top, a lot of stuff going on this weekend. And let's talk to Chris in Buffalo. Chris, you're on the line. Good morning. Mike, uh, hello, Chris. All right, Chris is not there. Well, thanks for calling anyway. We appreciate it. I guess I made him wait on hold too long. That's my fault. Uh, again, Austin Dillon winning the poll for today's race. Um, and again, the top 12 were set on their round two times because nobody got a lap in during the final round of qualifying. So Austin Dillon won the poll. Kevin Harvick will uh, start alongside him on row one. Eric Almarola in row two alongside Kyle Busch. Kyle going for his 200th career NASCAR win. Yes, not his 200th cup win like Richard Petty, but still 200 wins, a pretty big deal. And we're going to talk more about that in the second segment of the show today. Uh, he'll roll off fourth. Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin are in uh, row number three. Ryan Newman and Chase Elliott in row four. Clint Boyer and Ryan Blaney round up the top ten starters. Then you had Jimmy Johnson and Ricky Stenhouse. Uh, those were the last two of the top 12 that had to fall back on their uh, round two times. Other notable names in the field, Brad Keselowski, uh, 13th today. Kyle Larson always does well at a big track like Fontana. He is 15th today. Eric Jones, 18th. Dino Suarez in 20th. Kurt Busch in 21st. Uh, Ryan Priest in 26, Martin Truex 27th, and that's kind of it for notable names in the field for today's race. We're going to try again with uh, Chris. Chris, you are back on the line. Good morning. Mike, I don't know what I'm doing. All right, well, we've got – we'll figure it out. Mike's got to maybe do something over there on the board. We'll uh, try and rectify this because we're going to get Dustin Long here in a couple of minutes as well um, here on uh, WGR's Fast Track, but – 
Mike is uh, busy pushing buttons over there on the board to try and get things straightened out. Um, but today at Fontana, again, with the aero package, we'll see what kind of race we get today. Obviously, uh, you know, it's not going to be too different from what we've seen uh, in the past there at Fontana. But again, that racetrack has gotten a lot better as it is aged. You know, uh, we used to, that used to be one of the tracks you hated the most to when it came up on the schedule. They even used to have, you know, two dates on the schedule and the races weren't very good. Um but it, you know, in recent years, the race in there has gotten so much better as the, uh, you know, the facility has worn out and uh, the cars have changed a little bit. And uh, that track has gotten a lot more entertaining in recent years, as we've talked about in the past. So I'm anticipating a very, uh, not a very good race, but it, it should be, you know, a pretty good race compared to what we've already had here so far this year. It'll obviously the, the competition is, is better at Fontana than some of the mile-and-a-half tracks. Uh, Very wide, obviously. Lots of room, especially on the restarts, for guys to fan out three and four wide. And uh, very fast track, too, obviously, with the, you know them reaching even with the reduced horsepower. You'll, you, you still see speeds over 200 miles an hour. You know, in qualifying speed, you know, Austin Dillon's qualifying speed was 180 miles an hour. So it'll be a, a fast and race, uh, very fast, wide open race, I think, this afternoon uh, in California. And speaking of Fontana, California, we're going to head out live to Fontana. And let's talk to, from NBC Sports, Dustin Long is on the Wester Hotline. Dustin, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Great to talk to you again. Hey, good morning, uh, Dave, from, uh, as you say, Auto Club Speedway. It's a beautiful, uh, sunny day, no clouds in the sky. I can still see the uh, the mountains uh, uh, slightly snow-capped here uh, beyond uh, the back stretch, which sometimes here with all the smog you can't always see. <laughs> and one of the things that's nice here is we don't have the winds that we've had the last two days. I think uh, Friday they were talking about gale force winds of, I think some people are saying 30, 40, 50 miles an hour at times. Uh, yesterday still pretty windy, but right now a little bit of a breeze, but it's going to be a nice, beautiful day for uh, racing this, uh, this afternoon Auto Club Speedway. That's one thing I've noticed, Dustin, and maybe it's because of the, the lack of smog there in the Fontana area, but you, I forget how picturesque, uh, you know, when you think of picturesque racetracks on the NASCAR schedule, you know, something like a, a Phoenix always comes to mind, but just seeing some of the footage during qualifying and practice and even some still shots, it's it's a pretty area around around the Speedway there. Yeah, you've got the beautiful mountains uh, scenery around here. It's uh, you know, and I've been here in years past where there was so much smog you couldn't see the mountains, and it, you know the mountains feel like they're just really close by, but there are times like I said you can't, you couldn't see them because of the smog. So, but uh, we've got a beautiful day, uh, uh, ready for some racing this afternoon. Uh, how are things? Uh, we we got past the qualifying, which I'll ask you more about in a bit. But what do you think about today's race? Uh, uh, you know, this track, the the competition has improved here over the last couple of years. Uh, n- not really one driver stands out as a favorite. What are you? Who are you stacking up as some of the favorites for today's race? Well, it's going to be interesting because this is the last race of the West Coast Swing for Cup teams, and and one of the challenges for a lot of these teams is you have. You know, three races in a row on the West Coast, so it's hard to get cars back and forth and get much work done. Uh, you know, some of the things that teams learned at Las Vegas two weeks ago, will, they will try to put onto these cars uh, before they got here. Uh, obviously, what they learned from Phoenix really doesn't matter because that's a short track versus uh, the big track here. Uh, so, you know, one of the challenges is, is will you really see much of a, of a change in what you've seen so far this year? And that is, you know, the, the, some of the Gibbs cars have been fast. You look at Martin Truex Jr. with two runner-up finishes so far this season. Kyle Busch, uh, even with his win last weekend at Phoenix, has been strong at times. 
uh, on the big tracks. And then you look at what Team Penske has done with mm-hmm. uh, Joey Logano winning at Las Vegas, uh, Brad Kozlowski uh, winning in Atlanta, and, and you know, uh, what Ryan Blaney has, has shown speed at times. They've just had some bad luck, frankly. You know, Blaney's my pick to win today's race is that to keep it between the, the Penske and Gibbs cars so far uh, the first part of the season. So, you know, you kind of look to that. Um, you know, I, I, you look at a couple other, you know, I think one, one interesting storyline today, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Jimmy Johnson and, and the start that he's had. Obviously, he's coming off the top ten at Phoenix, but, you know, at Atlanta, uh, he even admits that they just were not very good. And this is a track. Um, the tire wear is not as as great as at Atlanta, but there is a good bit of tire wear here. So this track mocks, you know, models a little bit more like Atlanta. So what can a team like the 48 team do today? Can they, you know, again, he was I want to say at Atlanta, he was he was finished two laps down. And when's the last time anybody can remember when Jimmy Johnson finished two laps down? And he didn't wreck or something. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just, he he finished two laps down because he was that slow um, compared to the, the top guys. So, can they find the speed in the in, in the last two weeks? Is it still going to take some more time? How are they progressing? I, I think will be an interesting storyline along with you know who's fast, who's going to do well, and things like that. And again, you know, can somebody else win a race other than T. Penske or Joe Gibbs Racing starting today? Yeah, when you when you look at the the starting lineup and, and Jimmy rolls off eleventh today, and only he and Austin Dillon were the two Chevrolets uh, in the top twelve that were in that ill-fated final round of qualifying, Dustin. But uh, is this the case? Is today is the starting lineup for today? Is this evidence that the Chevy teams are are still even at this point still trying to find speed with this Camaro? Or what do you think the reason is that Chevy struggled in qualifying as a whole? I think you got to be careful about reading too much into qualifying. Okay. You know, qualifying was chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about the draft. and It's about trying to get in the right line. It's not about the best pure speed. So uh, I think you take a little bit from there, but I think you have to be cautious. I don't think you can read too much into it uh, just because, you know, just like at Vegas, it was as much about the draft. And, you know, if you went out by yourself, you, you didn't do anything. You know, look. Kurt Busch is starting 21st. Why is he starting 21st? Because in the second round, he yep. was the only car that went out mm-hmm. at the beginning of the round, and everybody else went out as a group together right at the end, and so they had a posted a faster time. So, you know, I know Kurt said afterwards that, you know, he didn't feel comfortable with the handling of his car at that point and, you know, wasn't sure how it would be in, in, a, in a pack and really didn't want to risk it. So, you know, it, they had all day yesterday to, to improve their handling. Is that a team that can come back? and have a strong run. He's had, what, uh, three straight top tens. You know, I think back to Las Vegas. And remember at the end of the second stage is his crew chief, Matt McCall, kept him out. Uh, He was the first car not to pit. He was running 17th at the time, went into the lead. And even on older tires, and tire wear isn't as great at Vegas as it will be here, uh, even on older tires, held the lead for a number of laps, gained that track position from being in 17th and finished, uh, I want to say, fifth in that race. So, in that case, that was a move that really helped. Now, I don't know if you're going to be able to see that as much today because of the tire wear talking to some crew chiefs. Uh, I think if, it, if they go, you know, 15 laps and a caution comes out or there's less than 15 laps to go and a caution comes out at the end of the race, I think you're going to see pretty much everybody come, come down to pit road because tires will be that much for a short run like that. 
Dustin Long joining us from NBC Sports here in WGR's Fast Track. Dustin, going back to qualifying, and you have a, a nice column up at uh, NASCAR.NBCSports.com, and you uh, there's more questions than answers for what to do with group qualifying under what we've been going through. Uh, what do you think, when we go to Texas in a couple of weeks, what do you think some of the changes might be to the qualifying format to try and keep from seeing a you know a bunch of cars sit on pit road for 10 minutes waiting to go out? I mean, there's been a lot of suggestions thrown about in the garage, everything from heat races uh, to going back to single-car qualifying to going and qualifying like they do at Daytona and Talladega where, you know, they're kind of the cars go out at a timed interval. So at Daytona, you know, two-and-a-half-mile track, you have, you know, two cars, maybe a third car on there at a time, something like that. Um, you know, NASCAR has stated that they really don't want to go back to single-car qualifying that they understand that uh, the group qualifying, and especially in this format, is kind of a and once is a better show. And that, again, leads to one of the questions, is what's, what's more important right now? Is it about the entertainment, or is it about the competition and determining the starting lineup? I mean, let, I mean let, let's be honest. With what's happened in qualifying the last three weeks, I, I think you could almost say that's become um, appointment television or must-see TV, um, you know, with – Nobody knew what was going to happen at Vegas, so there was the, the, the lure of the unknown. And then, and then at, at Phoenix, you have the Daniel Suarez-Michael McDowell you know, fight on pit road. And then, you know, Friday you had all 12 cars not make it to the line in time to, uh, to run a lap. So it's been something different each of the three weeks. Now, I don't think you're going to see anything of that dramatic of a thing at, at Marksville next weekend. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the draft's not going to matter. And, uh, you know, even with five, le- five, five minutes less uh, of the time in the first round, there still should be enough time for these cars to get around. But, again, you know, somebody may get in somebody's way, and maybe you have another dust-up at Martinsville, and it just continues. So I, I think, you know, I, I would be shocked at this point that they go back to single-car qualifying. I'm, you know, talking to some people, I know uh, one driver was talking about saying, look, it's simple. Just make it a rule that um, if you do not complete a lap, in any of the rounds, if you wait around too long, then you automatically start at the back. And if you don't do it in the first round, you're at the back. If you if you advance the second round, uh, and that guarantees you, that puts you that's going to put you in a spot in the top 24. But if you don't make it out to complete a lap in that round, uh, you know, other than a mechanical issue, then then you start at the back. And if it's in the first round, you're one of the top 12 cars, and something like happens like Friday, where all 12 did make it, or think about Las Vegas where it was uh, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman did not make it across the line in time, mm-hmm. he would give up essentially a top-12 spot and go to the back of the field. So maybe is that is, is that the direction? Is that the simplest way to do We'll see. No. Uh, they've got some time, but it'll be interesting to see what, what NASCAR comes up with. But I know that, you know, they they want the drivers to still be able to perform, but they also understand that there's a, there's a show element to all this. Dustin, last thing before we let you go, uh, Kyle Busch sitting on 199 career NASCAR wins in the top three national series uh, is obvious. Again, I'm not. I don't want to compare it to Richard Petty's 200 Cup wins, but it's still a remarkable feat. But does is, is some of the fan base just has Kyle Busch burnout? And if if he was a more popular driver or not such a polarizing figure in the sport, this might 
get a little more respect. It seems like there's just so many people down on Kyle that they almost don't want. They, 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 there was a lot of Cole Custer fans yesterday, basically, is what I'm, I'm trying to say. And, you know, it, it seems like this is almost like Jimmy's seven wins. I think this is something a lot more people will look back on and respect more than people are right now. Would you agree with that? Well, let's put it this way. This is something that you probably won't see ever again mm-hmm. unless NASCAR changes the rules. I mean, you have to think about, you know, the cup drivers are limited to how many races they can run in the truck in the Xfinity Series. You know, if you're somebody that wins a lot of races and has success in the truck in the Xfinity Series, you're going to move up pretty quickly. And so the opportunity to win 200 races across the three series I don't think it's going to happen. And obviously, you know, majority of the races that Kyle's won have come in the truck series and the, the Xfinity series. So, um, you know, you're not going to see somebody win 200 cup races. Uh, and, and also, you know, you know, things you have to consider is there's always talk about, you know, what are they going to do with the schedule? And there's, there's, there's some thinking at, at some point, you know, down the road, years down the road, maybe this, this the schedule gets tightened up. And what if the schedule gets short? Um, you know, there would be fewer races, fewer opportunities and things like that. So, um, look, you know, one of the great things about sports is, is, is to be able to debate, uh, about it, the passion that fans have, obviously, you know, fans that's short for fanatics. And, uh, you know, just as, just as people are debating, you know, the, the Sabres or the booze by the bills right now, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate on, on, on Kyle Bush and that's always a good thing. I mean, um, uh, you know, not everybody's going to be a fan. Not everybody's going to be a hater. But uh, you know, you're going to have two sides of that, and uh, and so be it. That's that's part of what makes sports great is the uh, the opportunity to watch and enjoy and see people do things that most cannot do, and then to debate about uh, about about it. So, um, yeah, you're right. There there are those who are adamantly you know don't like the the, the discussion about 200. Don't feel like it's a it's a legitimate number. And, you know, I think there are others that recognize that this is something that you probably won't see uh, ever again. Look at you dropping a Sabres and Bills reference, and they're very good, Dustin. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I, you know, <laughs> I, I tell you what, uh, I mean, I'm a hockey fan. I'm, yeah. I, I have, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, perplexed about what's happened to the Sabres. Uh, I know they had that great what, 10-game winning streak earlier this year. Yep. And I know, you know, Eichel and some of those other guys they've got, uh, I mean, they've got a great core. It's just... Uh, uh, I guess it's they, it, well, the last thing I looked at the same. I think they've got to they've got to turn up the wick a bit. Uh, they're going to miss the playoffs again this year, right? Yes, unlike your Calgary Flames, which are leading the yes. Pacific Division right now. So it's uh, it's good to be a Flames fan this year. That's for <laughs> sure. Now, now as long as they just uh, can, can do some things in the playoffs, that will be good. Uh, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I I haven't had the chance. I would love to see the Sabers in person. I'd love to see Eichel and those guys because, like I said, I think they've got some really good talent. And that's a team that, uh, you know, they've made strides. And I, I, that's a team that uh, I think kind of scares me when you look into the future, what those guys can be like. That's what we're all hoping up here, at least, uh, Dustin. Uh, Dustin Long, NBC Sports, NASCAR to NBCSports.com. Dustin, as always, thank you for your time on a busy race morning. Enjoy the race today, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, Dave. Thanks a lot. All right, Dustin Long from NBC Sports, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Dustin Long. And, yes, he is a Calgary Flames fan, but always a – Appreciate it when uh, the guests realize what market they're in during an interview and, and throw in a reference like that. Uh, we talked there with Dustin about the Kyle Busch 200 win thing. I'm going to talk more about it. We come back. would love to hear your thoughts on what you make of Kyle Busch potentially getting to 200 career NASCAR wins. Again, not cup wins, which Richard Petty has, but 
it's still a similar accomplishment when you compare, I think, era to era. I think it's a similar accomplishment, but yes, it's not. It's the same, but it isn't, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I'm going to try and formulate that a little bit better during the next segment, but love to hear from you as well. 803-0551-888-552-550. We get back with more Fast Track here on WGR. Hi, this is Austin Dillon, driver of the number three Dow Chevrolet. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 11.34 here on WGR Sports Radio 550 on this uh, St. Patrick's Day Sunday here in Western New York. Uh, anyway, like I said, lots of uh, racing going on this weekend. Formula One kicked off uh, early this morning here in America, uh, and Valtteri Bottas uh, picked up the win for Mercedes over teammate Lewis Hamilton there at Australia for the Australian Grand Prix. Uh, Mercedes won two at Bottas and Hamilton. Uh, Botas started, uh, got the lead uh, at the start of the race and pretty much dominated from there on out. Max Verstappen for Red Bull rounded out the podium. Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc for Leclerc for Ferrari rounding out the top five. Leclerc taking over Kimi Raikkonen in, in Ferrari this season. Kevin Magnussen for Haas F1, the American-based team finishing sixth. Nico Hulkenberg for Renault seventh. Kimi, Kimi Raikkonen finishing eighth with his new team, Alfa Romeo, the former Sauber team. Lance Stroll, the youngster from Canada, uh, finishing ninth, and Danny Kvyat, who's back with Red Bull this year, uh, rounding out the top ten finish. Actually, I'm sorry, he's with Toro Rosso this year, not the Red Bull team. Uh, finishing tenth, rounding out the top ten. Nineteen-year-old uh, Lando Norris finishing twelfth for McLaren. He's the uh, lone teenager, <laughs> the first teenager in F1 this year. Uh, pretty amazing, nineteen-year-old. Uh, in F1, but uh, the, just like in NASCAR and racing all around the world, the ages seem to be coming da- uh, down and down. But uh, a very young man and uh, caught his interview uh, during the pre-race on uh, the uh, ESPN, which, of course, uh, simulcasts the Sky Sports broadcast. And it was very refreshing to, 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 wa- to watch the Sky Sports broadcast. Uh, I, I admit I don't watch every F1 race, but really, you know, paid attention, I guess. I, I saw a lot of the pre-race stuff I usually don't see when the race is on. And uh, just impressive, uh, their their grid walk and just how professional and and very. Uh, and I thought it was entertaining without being entertaining. It was just interesting to watch, and they were bouncing around, talking to all the different people on the grid, and just much more refreshing than what we get on Fox every week with NASCAR. Uh, Matt Weaver, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago, had an interesting tweet about that. Um, but uh, very entertaining, and obviously no commercials, which is fantastic. I know that'll never happen with NASCAR broadcast, but wouldn't that be a thing? Uh, the fact that it's uh, you know no commercials whatsoever during the broadcast, so you don't miss anything, and uh, just it's refreshing to watch that. Uh, and it, so F1 off to a great start. NHRA in Gainesville, as I said, for the Gator Nationals. And uh, number one qualifiers, Robert Height, has been the top qualifier in Funny Car through the first three races of the NHRA season as he took the top spot again today for uh, over at Gainesville. Uh, Brittany Force in top field, Roger Brogdon, the number one qualifier in Pro Stock, Andrew Hines in Pro Stock Motorcycle. Pro Mod makes their uh, 2019 season debut. Of course, the reigning Pro Modified champion is Lancaster's very own Mike Janis. Uh, Mike, the number 15 qualifier, just making it onto the bracket this week for Pro Modified, so he'll have a long day ahead of him at Gainesville, but he kicks off his title defense uh, today in the Pro Modified ranks in their first race of the year for uh, NHRA. And uh, so that'll be going on. And, uh, again, the uh, 12 Hours of Sebring also this weekend. All right, one more time. We've tried it on a different phone. Chris in Buffalo, thank you for your patience this morning. Hey, I'm glad I got through. How's it going? Doing well. Sorry about all the problems this morning. No, it's all right. But I'm sure you can tell, like, motorcycle racing when I keep calling back like that. But anyway... (laughs) 
So the reason I was calling is to uh, talk about the Daytona 200 that ran yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, excellent race, and it streams for free on Fans Choice TV or Fans Choice TV, so anybody could watch it. Um, you know, there was a red flag at um, with four laps to go, and ended up being a, a victory for Kyle Wyman, who's actually from Rochester. So um, super entertaining, and uh, yeah, that, I just wanted to make mention of it. So Kyle, yeah, I, I will admit I, I didn't know about this till you called, but my producer kind of filled me in during the break, so I had to do some quick research about Kyle Wyman uh, uh, from the Rochester area. But this is a pretty you know, Daytona for su- Supercross is kind of like Daytona for stock racing. This is a pretty big event for him to win, right? No, well, it's not Supercross. This is they're racing on 600 cc. Oh, my apologies. Um, you know, sport bikes. Yeah, so this is all uh, on tarmac. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of the people who race in the Daytona 200 are also racing in the uh, Moto America series, which actually I think is going to be on Fox Sports 1 this year for the first time in its existence. So, yeah, super entertaining stuff. Well, Chris, thank you for uh, calling in. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I will admit I don't follow it, but it's great to know that uh, someone with local ties is uh, having some great success winning a big event. Maybe we'll have to try to get Kyle on the show. That'd be amazing. All right, awesome. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening. Yep. You're welcome. Bye. So good news there. Kyle Wyman picking up. Uh, he's originally from uh, the Rochester, Macedon area. Uh, went to Monroe Community College. Social media is an amazing thing for investigating people. Uh, but Kyle Wyman, they're picking up the win at Daytona. So uh, congrats to him. And uh, yeah, I will admit, don't follow two-wheel racing as much as maybe I should. But uh, thank you to Chris for bringing that to our attention. And that will be a topic we'll look into maybe for a future show. Maybe try and get Kyle uh, on the program. We'll see if we can uh, chase him down in the coming weeks. But congrats to him. And good to see a local racer uh, doing well there. Uh Going back to what we wanted to talk about this segment, uh, you know, Kyle Busch, again, sitting on 199. Uh, he had two wins at uh, Vegas, winning the truck and um, Xfinity races. Then last week at Phoenix, sweeping the weekend, winning both the Xfinity and the Cup races, uh, chasing down Ryan Blaney late in the race to uh, get the win on the Cup side. So sitting on 199, yesterday everybody th- almost thought it was a gimme for Kyle because it was the Xfinity series, but Cole Custer uh, held off Kyle. And picked up the win, and I think there are a lot of new Cole Custer fans after yesterday, because that's part of the thing with this Kyle Busch 200 wins is it is it's Kyle Busch, and you know he is the most polarizing figure in NASCAR. I think especially ever since Danica Patrick retired, there is there's you either love Kyle or you hate Kyle. You know there, there's not a whole lot of in between become when it when it comes to Kyle. Um, I'll admit I wasn't a fan when he started out, partially because he drove for Hendrick, and I've never been a big Hendrick fan. But I, I enjoy uh, that he plays to the bad guy image. He he likes wearing the black hat, and I've always enjoyed that. And I love him getting out of the car and taking the bow when he wins, and you know the 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 crybaby thing he did last year in Chicago. Just all of it. I love it that he that he trolls the side of the fan base that uh, doesn't like him. So. Uh, I'm a, at least a Kyle appreciator. I will say that um, that I, I enjoy. So I, I'm glad to see uh, you know that he will hopefully get this feed soon. It may even come today at, at Auto Club in the Cup Series. If not, you know uh, there's still a long season to go. Um, but when you compare it again, not heads up. It's not 200 Cup wins. It's it's two. It's 199 going on 200 wins in, in all the three major NASCAR series. So. Uh, you know, only 52 of those are cup. And then, you know, he has his truck. He holds the all-time uh, record in the truck series for most career 
uh, wins in the in the truck series, and, and he has a ton of wins in the, and I think he's the all time Xfinity series win leader as well too. Um, so it's you know it's the combination of the three, and a lot of people say when you know when he goes down to the truck or the Xfinity series, you know it's kind of like uh, a major league guy beating up on the minor leaguers, which I guess you could sort of say that, but uh, especially maybe in the in the Xfinity series, but I think uh, you know there's still uh, Still, it's an accomplishment to still go out there and, and still rack up those wins. I mean, to get 94 wins in the Xfinity Series, including you know 13 in one season back in 2010, and uh, you know 53 in the Truck Series, and then 52 in the Cup Series. Those are still incredible feats, each one on their own. And again, it won't stack up to 200 Cup wins, but really for this era, you know, as, as Dustin Long said, no one's ever going to get to this mark probably ever again. But you look at Richard Petty's 200 wins, especially in the the pre-modern era, the you know pre-1972, some of his wins he racked up in the 60s. The Cup schedule was a lot longer. They ran almost 60 races a year in, in the 1960s. He also ran short races and short fields. You know, there's the, some of those wins came in 150 lap races with only 20 to 25 other cars. So he, you know, Kyle, all of Kyle's wins have come in fields that probably have had at least. A minimum of thirty-two to thirty-five trucks, trucks or cars at a minimum, all 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 one ninety-nine of his wins. So, uh, you know, there's that to compare. So, a lot of Richards maybe early wins. He you know really he got he beat up on fields maybe because he had the better equipment when the Hemi engine was so dominant and you know you know NASCAR even outlawed it for a season. It was so dominant. Um, again, not to diminish Richards' accomplishment either, but just comparing it kind of era to era. Uh, I, I think that's what makes this feat by Kyle stand out so much. Um, the fact that, you know, Kyle's doing this in an era where there is so much parity in NASCAR. Back when Richard Petty was racking up all those wins, a lot of those races, he was the only car on the lead lap or only one of a handful cars on the lead lap when he would win. Kyle now, most of his wins, uh, you know, there's 20-plus cars in the lead lap just because of parity and the rules, you know, with with the uh, lucky dogs and all that, and it's easier to get uh, for cars to get their laps back uh, compared to how it used to be. So Kyle might be doing it against better competition as a whole. I mean, yes, Richard Petty still ran up against some of the all-time greats, the David Pearsons, the Kale Yarbroughs, you know, the Dale Daryl Waltrips, the Bobby Isaacs, the, the greats of the 60s and 70s. Uh, and even into the 80s, but Kyle, I think, might have a bigger class of peers that are equal to him in uh, both talent and equipment, where where Richard might be one of five to ten guys that could go and win, that could have gone and win on a given day. Kyle might be one of 15 to 20 guys, especially in the Cup Series, maybe not in the Xfinity or the Trucks, but those 52 Cup wins especially, I think, uh, hold a little more weight because of, of, of the competition level he faces in this era. And again, it is so hard in any sport, to, I think, to compare the accomplishments of, of an athlete or a sports team today and compare that with uh, something that happened 40, 50, 60 years ago because the sports have changed uh, Bracing probably more than others because of the technology, uh, you know, the, the drivers, the, you know, the athletes themselves have stayed the same, but rules changes, their technology changes. And again, especially with uh, in motorsports, the technology changes. Um, there's no comparison. So I think this is an incredible feat. And I think Kyle will continue to rack up wins and maybe he'll get to 100 cup wins someday. And that'll be huge by the time if he gets to that mark. 
you know, it's still possible he's young enough that he could still get to to 100 Cup wins. It'll be a huge feat because he may be the last driver to to ever do that. Um, that that is his age. I mean, there's going to be there's some other drivers that uh, that are currently in sport that may also get to 100 wins. But you know, Kyle only being 34 years of age, he could still go for as many as 10 more years if he really wanted to. Uh, most driver, it seems like now drivers starting to to retire in their late 30s to early 40s. But if Kyle's a competitor. He may want to go till he's 44, 45 years old. He might be able to do it, and it'll be huge when he gets to 100. I think that might be the ultimate, uh, you know, number uh, for you know, for this generation of an incredible feat of wins. So yes, it's not apples to apples, but when you look at the comparison, I think it's it's a pretty fair comparison when you compare what Richard Petty did in his era, where there was only the what was then the Cup Series, the Grand National Series? Richard Petty had there, you know, had there been other major national touring series like a truck or an Xfinity that Kyle gets to run in now, maybe he'd have, you know, 300 or 350 wins when you look at that. Whereas Kyle has those opportunities, or maybe not so much now because his starts are limited, uh, he's able to still accomplish this. So, uh, go, you know, I'm hoping Kyle gets 200 and I'm hoping he gets to 250 and gets to 100 Cup wins before he's done because he's probably you know one of the most talented drivers of his generation all right we are late to break when we get back though we'll wrap up this edition of uh fast track still time for your phone calls at 803-0550 anything we've been talking about or again lots of racing going on in the world this weekend feel free to uh, talk about any of it hey we talked about motorcycle racing we don't do it very often on this program but thank you to chris for bringing that to our attention so when we get back we'll wrap up fast track here on wgr Hi, this is Tanner Berryhill, driver of the Obica Racing number 97. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 11.53 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan wrapping up this edition of Fast Track. We'll be back here with you next Sunday. Coming up this afternoon on WGR Sabres at Blues, or Blues at Sabres. Let's get that right. It's a home game. 5 o'clock puck drop, so uh, Brian Cozy will have free game here at 4 p.m. on WGR, so keep it locked in. Uh, selection Sunday. I'm sure we'll have that later on, uh, courtesy ESPN Radio as well. Too, I mentioned the 12 hours of Sebring was yesterday, and uh, the Whelan Engineering uh, Cadillac picking up the overall win with drivers Felipe Nasser, Eric Curran, and Pipo Durani. Uh, Jordan Taylor. Uh, team uh, finishing second along with uh, Ranger Vanderzand, who we've had on the program in the past, and then the Mustang Sampling Racing Cadillac rounding out the podium with Brandon Hartley, Felipe Albuquerque, and Joao Barbosa, who's been on the show in the past, too. Some IndyCar drivers taking advantage of their week off to participate in the 12 Hours of Sebring. Alexander Rossi teamed up with Ricky Taylor and Elio Castroneves for, uh, with uh, Team Penske. They finished fourth. And then uh, Simon Pagino in another uh, Team Penske Acura finishing ninth with teammates Dane Cameron and Juan Pablo Montoya. They led early in the event but had some problems uh, later on and kind of finished uh, last out of the group of uh, prototype cars that were running at the finish. Um, as IndyCar uh, week off after opening up their season last week and, of course, at St. Petersburg. And Joseph Newgarden picked up the win for Team Penske there. Um, Newgarden over Scott Dixon, Will Power, Felix Rosenquist, the rookie, uh, out of Sweden, uh, turned a lot of heads. He led 31 laps, uh, wound up fourth, but he had an impressive first IndyCar start for uh, uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, and then Rossi rounded out the top five. Uh, James Hinchcliffe was six. Simon Pagano, Colton Herta, rookie Santonio Ferrucci, and Jack Harvey uh, rounded out the top ten finishers 
uh, at the finish there at St. Petersburg last week. IndyCar back in action next weekend as they head Dakota for the first time ever. The Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, where uh, Formula One has the United States Grand Prix. Uh, they'll be in action next weekend there in Austin, Texas. Also, the NASCAR, speaking of Whelan, who won there at Sebring, the NASCAR Whelan Modified Tour kicked off their season yesterday at Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. And Doug Kobe, what a show he put on. Qualified on the pole, but had to go to the tail of the field because he caught a uh, screw in one of his tires, which caused him to have a flat. They had to make an unapproved tire change after qualifying. So Kobe came from the rear and won the race. And uh, while I was watched the race on Fans' Choice, uh, Matt Weaver, who we had on the program a couple of weeks ago, Matt, at Matt Weaver EW, go to his Twitter and read some of the quotes from the Doug Kobe radio. He was at the track listening on the scanner, and Kobe was fired up and uh, had some interesting quotes from the radio transmissions at the race yesterday as uh, he picked up the win there. John McKennedy finishing second. Jimmy Blewett was third. Orchard Park's Patrick Emerling started 28th but came back to finish fourth. Great day for him. And Jan and Mike Leedy and the L2 Autosport team finishing fourth. Chris Pastriak rounded out the top five. Then it was Anthony Nocella, Burt Myers, Andy Sice, Eric Goodale, and Frank Fleming. Matt Hirschman finishing 11th. Kyle Ebersole finishing 14th. There's a familiar name for some Race of Champions fans. Uh, Timmy Catalano finishing 24th. Tommy Catalano qualified third, ran up front early, led the first couple laps of the race even, but they had some tire issues and unfortunately finished 26th yesterday. But Tommy had an impressive qualifying performance and actually led the first two laps of the race. So the first two laps of the NASCAR Modified Tour season uh, went to Tommy Catalano. But again, some tire issues put them a couple of laps down, unfortunately. Uh, next race for the NASCAR Wheeland Modify Tour will be uh, at the end of the month as uh, they'll be down south one more time. And uh, I had it in front of me. Now I, why I can't remember where they're going next. Um, hang on. I'll get it. Ah, love my short-term memory. I apologize. South Boston, March 30th, couple of weeks. South Boston, Virginia. My apologies. Before then, they head back up north here to, for their traditional schedule, starting with the Icebreaker at Thompson and then the, and then the Sizzler uh, at Stafford. That'll do it for this program. Have a great St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy the race today from California or the NHRA racing from Gainesville. And uh, we'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.